is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. We are here. It is a Monday. It is game week. We're actually going to see running backs get tackled to <laughs> the ground on Friday. Falcons taking on the Detroit Lions. I am super, super excited. We got a lot on board for you today. And first of all, we want to say thank you, though, for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Guys, you are rocking and rolling with us because we are almost at 3,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. We're at 2,800 right now. Wow. I just you guys awesome. have been, been absolutely amazing. We never want to take that for granted, so we appreciate you for that. But, oh, man, the Braves got the butts kicked over the weekend. That's pretty much how, how we can do that. Um, T and I are going to take you into our training camp notebook. We were out there over the weekend sweating and getting our thing in, trying to figure it out. What's going on with this Atlanta Falcons team? We'll reveal <laughs> all of that to you um, on today. And last but not least, in for the culture, DeJounte Murray is a little petty, and I like it. We'll talk about all of that in for the culture. But first, Braves lose yesterday. Spencer Strider uh, had a, an appearance. I can't even <laughs> say he was on the mound. He was out there for a couple of innings, um, yeah. got bounced out of there. And but I would have to say you have to give all the credit to Jacob Degrom and, and you know and uh, Max yeah. Scherzer and the, the likes of those guys because they were just absolutely amazing. T. Yeah, and, and not just Ma and not just Max Scherzer and of course Jacob Degrom, but Edwin Diaz once again <sighs> gave them right. everything like, they needed. He alone. One up the one up the whole Braves bullpen. Let, let's just right. be real. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those two combining for nineteen strikeouts yesterday. Nineteen <sighs> strikeouts in the series finale, and once again, the Braves allowed. See, to me, yesterday was a flip. You know how right. we've been talking all the time. Mets gonna Met. No, Braves gonna Brave was what we saw yeah, last Braves night, and that was the bad <laughs> version of Braves gonna Brave, not the good. And it, there were a couple things that kind of stood out there as well. One of which you mentioned, Jacob DeGrom was just amazing. Spencer Strider just had an off day. And it, it started very early because when you saw Brandon Nimmo get to the plate, and I think it may have been an 0-2 count or something, but Spencer Strider was definitely up in the count. And you just see Brandon Nimmo just wait. Foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. And before you know it, 10 pitches in. And now he's got himself a single. That's what they do. That's the Mets' specialty. They are going to be patient at the plate, and the Braves pitchers have to understand that. They've got to be willing and able to – and you you kind of made it – you alluded to this Friday uh, in terms of getting whatever your third pitch is, Spencer Strider. Whatever mm -hmm. that third pitch is, you've got to perfect it, and you've got to bring it each and every time because the Mets will – they will wear you out. <laughs> they will sit. They will sit there and stare you down and stare you down until the, the the count is in their favor. And then what do they do? They get on base, and then that's how they keep doing it. They're, they're not interested in or about that long ball, rarely. And that's really all the Braves were able to get a lot of the time throughout the entire series. In fact, that's the only reason they were on the board last night is because of the long ball. So, yeah, saw some things, Jarvis, that made me question things a little bit about, about how, how this is going to play out in the long term. 
Uh, speaking of playing, how it's going to play out in the long term, we'll talk about whether or not what's more likely, the Braves uh, catching the Mets or the Phillies catching the Braves in the wild card. We'll talk about that. But first, T, tell the folks about Bet Online. Yeah, and maybe that's something you want to go and bet on. Are you still willing to bet that the Braves are going to win this division? Or are you willing to say that, hey, you know what? I think that in a minute, I might just go with the dark horse, the Phillies, to actually chase down the Braves in that wild card uh, race because that's not actually far off. Like, it was Friday, now it's not. So that is why you should go to betonline.net because it'll give you all that information betting needs, sports info, podcasts. And I think that's kind of cool because, of course, we do a podcast. So I think it's kind of cool to be able to tap into a podcast to get the information that you need. Or if you're basic and just getting your betting on and just getting started in that in that area, this is the spot for you. You want to talk Braves, you want to talk MLB, your bigger leagues, your pro leagues like NFL and NBA, this is the tool. But also MMA, boxing, golf. So the niche sports, they are on top of that as well. So listen, all you have to do today is go to their website, betonline.net, to get all of that information, all of that news, wagering info, live betting, the whole bit. Betonline.net today after this show. You can get it on your device, any device you have. And that is because if you want to know where the game starts, it starts right there. No doubt about it. Make sure you go check out betonline.net. Now, T. The Braves currently six, six and a half games because they want to lose four out of five games against the Mets over the weekend. Now, and you know, we talked about whether or not they're going to be able to catch the Mets, right? Let's talk mm-hmm. about that first in you know, the National League East yes. because they have what seven games left against the against the Mets, and you know, and not too far from, not too long from now, they're going to have another series at Truist at Truist. Yes. So the Braves have to kind of dust themselves off and get themselves together, mm-hmm. or. There's a possibility that like they won't have a chance of catching, you know, the uh, yeah. New York Mets in the National League East. Exactly. So you talk about the fact, and and this was interesting to me because yes, they are still ahead of where they were last year. They were at fifty five and fifty five, but the Mets are way ahead of where they were last year. So no that's doubt. where the challenge is yes. for me. And like you said, you talk about the seven games, four of which are coming up in the next week against the Mets. And Brian Snicker's got to figure some things out because one thing I will say about Buck Showalter, I think he outmanaged Brian Snicker this weekend. Oh, hands down. Yeah, yeah. that's not even a question. I, I think he, <laughs> he had a strategy and his team. He understood the assignment. He did. Like, Snit, uh, you got to understand the assignment when you come back home. You really, yes. really do. So, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be the telltale sign, of course. Bounce back. Get it done in Boston the next couple of nights. Go ahead and just get those two wins just so you can get back in your rhythm and kind of shake this off and get that bad taste out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. But I think that if they're going to erase that six and a half game deficit, just like they erased that 10 and a half game deficit, they're going to have to win games at the clip that the Mets are winning because the Mets have won 12 of the last 14. So Braves, you've got to come up because now, including you know this series, if you will, and even the Philly series, you're talking about, now seven or I think it's like seven games out of the last 10 you've dropped or six games out of the last 10, but regardless you're on the losing end of that. That's where I think the problem is. So yeah, you're going to have to win at the same clip as the Mets the rest of the way and hope that they lose some critical games, especially some divisional matchups and against you in order for you to get back in this race. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that the Braves are going to have to take advantage of the little bit, 
a little bit easier schedule than the Mets now. And so yes, very little. We, yeah, very, very little. So I think it, that's the thing that the Braves have to focus on and just yeah. getting their minds right. Because like you said, mm-hmm. you know, you had, you know, Ian Anderson, he was optioned down to AAA. So that's that's kind of something that's kind of been lingering as well. Is he going to be yeah. able to get back? You know, is Jake Odorizzi going to be able to take his spot? Right. You know, it's just, like I said, Snickers going to have to step up his game because mm-hmm. he's going to have to really pull off a, a really solid managerial yeah. job right now because, Absolutely. like he said, he got outmanaged this weekend and, and it showed. And I think that, you know, mm-hmm. with Buck Showalter and the things that he did and the decision that he made and how quick of a trigger he had, yeah. Even when the game yeah. that the uh, Braves won, you know, yes. that, that just showed you like, all right, like, get out of here. Like, it's not your day and we're going to yeah. move on. And I think kind of Snick kind of re- was very responsive with Spencer Strider um, yes. yesterday. And I think that was kind of one of the reasons why he, he did that in his stick with Strider as long as he pos- probably would have if it mm-hmm. wasn't a series against the Mets. So I think that yeah. that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But like if moving on to to this wild card race now the Phillies aren't too far behind like they're nine and one in their last ten games and they wow. are riding high and I think yes. that you know the Braves have to be careful because there's a possibility they could catch them now now I will say this I don't think that's going to happen I think the right. Braves can can lock down that that, that wild yeah. card spot yeah. but I th- but you have to be very careful and kind of take these last you know, good amount of games for the month of August and going into September, you're going to have yeah. to, you have to approach each game with that mindset that you had once you, the Mets showed you how you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because it, you know, when you look at that stretch and you're talking about a team that's won, you know, 12 of the last 14, like you said, nine and one and six and four, uh, that math, they math because yeah. you're, yeah, you, you, in, in about that same stretch, a little bit longer stretch with the Mets example, but nonetheless, they're uh, right there at uh, nine and one, I think in that same stretch or eight and two, you can't afford to drop four games because like you said, I don't think that the Phillies will necessarily catch them, but the Phillies are only nine and a half out of first place themselves. So if you're looking at just a three game stretch between you and them or gap, and then you're looking at a six and a half game uh, stretch looking up, you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that's something that we'll definitely have to keep an eye on as the Braves continue to try to figure this thing out. Like I said, um, and also who Scar Noah has been brought up as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something you're gonna keep an eye on too. You know, yes. he's brought up as an extra arm. And and I think Ian Anderson is uh, for him, just kind of looking at some of the, the comments from him after after he found out about being optioned mm-hmm. down to AAA. I think it's yeah. he's a guy who's kind of like Kind of like myself, I'm kind of I'm cautiously optimistic. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like yeah. I I don't think it's gonna be something that's gonna hinder him going right. forward. I think it's something that's gonna if he takes some time to kind of figure out why he's down there and and get his head right. I think he'll be perfectly fine because we know he can do it right. And I think just it's just a matter of him how does figuring out how he can get to that space. Agreed. And I, I want to take the same stance that you've taken. I want to take the same stance that Ian Anderson has taken. Hey, you're going to be like an AJ mentor. You know, you're going to go down there, you're going to retool some things and you're going to come up bigger and better, whether that's just retooling the mechanics or the mental, because that's another piece of it. At some point, it starts to get in your head when you mm-hmm. keep having these types of games. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a good thing. And Alex Anthopoulos, although he had that amazing Saturday, right before the trade deadline, Alex Anthopoulos was still looking at the whole body of work and still chose to keep him. So I do think that's a positive in his space. And I know one thing you and I talked about offline as well were some of the positives 
if any, from this series. And I just wanted to give one positive before we wrap up, and that's Ronald Acuna Jr., particularly in game two. I know he had a little Mm -hmm. soreness yesterday, so he ends up pinch hitting, but you got to give him credit when he goes four of five at bats and he's swinging that ball again, looking like Ronald Acuna slowly but surely. And back to your point, Jarvis, if the Braves are going to go on a run that's going to keep pace with the Mets and, and stave off the Phillies, if there's any guy, that's got to come up big got to. No doubt about it. And I, there's even nothing even to add to that no. um, because <laughs> I think you you laid it out just how it was supposed to be laid out. So uh, coming up next, though, we're going to lay out exactly what we saw over the weekend as ATL Day 1s went on the road to Flower Branch. We gassed up the cars and we got on out there. We're going to tell you exactly what we saw over the weekend. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is ATL Day 1s part with Jarvis T, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. That is Jarvis. I am Tanitra, and we appreciate you guys for pulling up on the show after what we hope was an amazing weekend for you guys. We know that we certainly had an amazing weekend, and we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But before we do that, we want to thank you guys for continuing to download this podcast wherever you download your podcast and continuing to give us the five-star reviews that you've been giving us from day one, no pun intended, but also going to YouTube, please continue to do that and subscribe, 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 and tell people about us as well, because we are quickly approaching 3,000 subscribers and definitely cannot do it without you. So like I said, it was a pretty cool weekend for us because we pulled up the Flowery Branch Saturday. Jarvis was actually there, of course, Friday as well, but this was the first time that the whole ATL Day One show was Flowery Branch. (laughs) Yeah, and really it was kind of cool because- you finally get to see for yourself where this team is and how they're rocking. And and you look at things like, um, and we'll talk about those deep dives as well, but even today, it's like once we were starting to hear about practice, because obviously we're taping the show today, but once we start hearing about the practice, it takes you back to Saturday, right? And Mm -hmm. so we had an opportunity to speak with Elijah Wilkinson, and you know he's moving up there for left guard, but Jalen Mayfield, he's not out of it yet. He's back today after two practices down with a lower back issue. So that's a good look. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about what we saw from the receiver and tight end core. And it's good to have Brian Edwards back out there without the helmet for injury. So in terms of contact that he can uh, experience. So that's a good look for the Falcons as well, especially as Jarvis mentioned in our first segment with them being just days away from game day Friday at the Lions. So with that in mind and the fact that these guys have some depth that they're adding to that interior D-line now that they've lost two guys, <laughs> um, right. you know, and Eddie Goldman, who retired, Vincent Taylor, who's out with the Achilles injury possibly for the entire year. So they go get themselves another bear, Abdullah Anderson. So he is joining right. the team to give them some depth on that D-line. Now, Jarvis, open up your notebook from Saturday and tell our guys, our crew, what is it that you saw that made you just smile or made just took you like whoa? You know what I think. I think the one of the things we kind of kind of caught it at the same time is 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 it's the leadership role that I feel that Jalen Hawkins we kind of refer to affectionately refer to him as Hawk, and and you know you see him back there he's kind of taking on that leadership role and that's what you want to see from the young guys because you know Hawk came in last year. You know, with something to prove and and wanted to you know establish himself as a as a ball player. You know, he made some plays last year, and I think right, he's ready right now to step into that starting role. 
And I think that you can kind of see him, the communication between he and Michael Walker when they were talking about yes. a, a specific yes. play and mm -hmm. how, okay, here's how we handle this. Here's how we should should have done this. Here's how we, we think about it when you approach it, when you're talking about this, this particular play or, or mm -hmm. what was going on in that particular play. I think this, that's the thing that I – those are the type of little things that I, I get excited about because a lot of little things add up to be one big good thing. And oh, I think absolutely. that – and that's another thing that stood out to me is just that I really feel like – it may be a little bit early on, T, but mm -hmm. I think this defensive unit is going to be better than this offensive unit this year. And I think that oh, yeah. it's going to be uh, – we're going to see uh, 360 – no, I'm going to say 180. Yeah. Uh, 180 um, purview from this year compared in comparison to last year. Oh, I can't agree with you more. I was at a party yesterday, and, you know, once people figure out what it is that we do for a living, they want to talk ball. Yes, so I'm Lord. like, okay, let's talk ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can talk ball if you want to. Or sometimes, yes. Jarvis, I'll just sneak up on them, and they don't know what I do for a living. And they're mm -hmm. like, okay, she knows what she's talking about. But the point that I made to those guys, I said, tell me, how many sacks did the Falcons have last year? How many sacks did Lorenzo Carter have last year? That was the example that I gave him. And I right. said, I'm telling you, Falcons fans, you guys need to be ready. You're going to be pleasantly surprised what this defense is going to be able to do. First of all, you're number two under Dean Pease. Let's just start right there. And you said something that's so critical. That's the communication piece. We cannot right. take that for granted because what you were talking about is essentially secondary communicating with the linebacker core. When Michael Walker and, mm -hmm. yeah, when, when they're having that conversation. It's so intertwined. There you go. <laughs> so now you're, yeah, you're, talking, you're talking about understanding the assignment, talking about every layer. We were seeing, you know, the D linemen, and they were really getting it in and kind of having their conversation and making sure they were intense with it on Saturday. And then you saw the linebackers, and then you saw the secondary, but you saw everybody really dapping each other up whenever the defense was able to do something, whether that was a pass breakup or, you know, bring – the quarterback down and we know in a real game that would have been a sack if you will those Indeed. are the types of things where they didn't just walk off like okay on to the next play they came back together talked about what just happened and reset themselves for that next play if you don't mm -hmm. think that's critical then go back and hear some of the things that arthur smith said last year the dean pease has talked about this season in terms of what they think they can do with the players and the talent that they have but before we continue with our notebook from Saturday, Jarvis, tell the guys why we, in addition to, of course, being amped about being at training camp Saturday, why we are also excited on a Monday. No doubt about it, because you know what I got my day started off with on Saturday? Coffee A. M, I absolutely was looking forward to it, T, because, you know, they even get, got, you know, got the little K-cups. You know, you can drop that bad boy and it's coffee right. and pour it straight from Kenya. It's, this is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. And guess what? Yeah. It's right in our backyard. Mm -hmm. Those of you who watch this podcast or listen to this podcast, yes. go to coffeeam.com backslash lock on. But uh, I'm going to tell you about a little special treat we got for you. So mm -hmm. don't go anywhere. Stick right there. Because this is something that, you know, you talk about the freshest coffee that you can get, right? Mm -hmm. And most of the coffees are roasted and yeah. shipped the same day or as close as you possibly can get to being the same day. They're right there for you. They got a huge selection. They got coffees from all over the world, mm -hmm. like I mentioned. You know, organic, fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted blends, espresso, and flavored coffees. Gourmet teas and more. Ask T about the tea. She got you because, you know, she's been on it. Ever since they sent that, uh, that tea care package, she has been on the coffee AM. Now, remember when I told you about that little deal we got going on, right? It's just for you. Your listeners, viewers, all out there. Listen up right now. Start what you're doing. 
Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Enter the coupon code for 15% off all coffees, teas, and gift sets. Yes. Guess what the code is? Locked on. How <laughs> easy is that? Go right now. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Drop in that uh, coupon code locked yeah. on and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Go yeah. right now. And I'm excited because I gifted. That was my first gifting of Coffee AM to my girl who had a birthday party. She's getting ready to start the school year. She is an amazing educator at one of our local high schools. And I put a little note in there and I was like, oh, this ought to get you going on day one. So (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear what she has to say, because I figured, like Jarvis said, don't keep it a secret, right? You know about, we know about Coffee AM, now you do as well. So Jarvis, back to the notebook. We talked about what we saw on defense that really, really got our juices going, got us encouraged, but there was something that you caught and I was like, man, Jarvis caught it. I I didn't catch it, but I love it that you caught this one particular play on offense that had everybody going, man, listen, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Um, Felipe Franks, like this dude... Like, every time, like, I'm not sitting up here acting like, you know, Felipe Franks out here dogging A.J. Terrell in one-on-ones. I'm not right. saying that. But yeah, what yeah I don't get it twisted. Saying, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, hold, it, hold, hold, hold what you got for a second. But I think that when you look at what he's doing, mm-hmm. he's transitioned to a new position. Yes. And when I look at one-on-ones and see how he's working, I see how he's able to, you know, beat, his, beat the man in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it is so crucial, right? Like yes. that's yes. crucial in order for you to win one on one. Like that's mm-hmm. how you're gonna eat in the NFL. And I think that for Arthur Smith to, you know, first of all, ask him to do it, and for him mm-hmm. to acquiesce and like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's figure it out. And one little nugget that I, I found out, you know, in, in talking with Kyle Pitts, they talk mm-hmm. about the position every day. Yes. yes, every day they're talking about the tight end position, and that's and that and that tells me. Mm-hmm. That when you have a guy in his second year, a first round pick, mm-hmm. out here helping a guy who was drafted in the late round and, and transitioning to a new position, mm-hmm. first of all, that shows me leadership. Second yes. of all, those talking about those little things, right? We're talking about mm-hmm. doing a lot of little things to add up to one big thing. And when you're talking about a guy that can be able to contribute, who's six, 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 seven. Mm-hmm. Along with the other guy who's six five, six six himself, and who's a, a, a probably the high one of the highest drafted tight ends in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good combination for offensively, and I think that you talking about adding another weapon to Arthur Smith's offense because mm-hmm. they're going to need as many weapons they can possibly yeah. get. Because when you talk, that is this is something that you know we still got to find out what's going on with this offensive line, but. To be able to add another piece like Felipe Franks mm-hmm. in that in that equation, you know, I think it'll be I'd be it'll be something good for Arthur Smith and the offense going forward. Yeah, and for me, it was Marcus Mariota. That was my first opportunity to see him with the ones. I had seen Desmond Ritter do a little something before, but that was my first opportunity seeing him. And he really has command of that offense. Yes, yeah. we get that it's training camp, and yes, we know that there have always been challenges, unfortunately, for him injury-wise. So right. That's the durability is probably always going to be the question. I don't think anything else ever was, but the arm strength is there. The his legs are under him. He was doing, and it's funny because we were saying to ourselves, "Yeah, that might be a good thing because you're probably going to be, be a part of the running back core by de facto." Right, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> if the, yeah. yeah if this, have to take uh, off running yeah. at some if point. This O line doesn't pipe up. <laughs> yeah, this O line does not pipe up, meaning the other three positions not too. And really, I'm I'm starting to feel feel good about that third one as well. We'll talk about in a second. But if those other two don't pipe up, then 
he needs to be prepared to essentially be like the second back in, um, you know, in that particular scheme or whatever that particular play is called. Because like you said, preparation and planning and just having the intuition on what to do in a broken play is essential. And that's what we saw a couple of times with him. Now, some, some of them I was interested in. I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of almost looks like they call that for him. But on the same token, I like the fact that we saw him show so many shades of what he has been. And again, that answers the question about how, why Arthur Smith brought him. And the rap brought him here from Tennessee and wrapped that up, Jarvis. Here's the thing I like as well. With in addition to what Mariota showed us, and you know, just seeing the opportunity, seeing the reason why Arthur Smith has brought him here, you have to like what you saw out of Elijah Wilkinson. Yep. Man, oh man, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a so guy that, was that encouraging yeah. at least. Yes, it, it's definitely encouraging. You're talking about a guy that can win in one on ones. You know, I got a chance to check out the offensive line, defensive line, you know, everybody be out there, you know, having conversations, talking about different things. And then I'm just going to disappear because I was like, yeah. yeah, I have a feeling in my soul that the D line and offensive line are going against each other. So yeah, I have to go watch. And I, and they were like, Oh, what happened to Jarvis? I'm like, y'all know where I am. I'm on the other side of the field, trying to figure, see what's going on with those guys. Because I think that's the thing that whether we have to see the most improvement, right? Yes. If, they, if they're going to win some games this year. And I, and I was definitely encouraged seeing Elijah Wilkinson out there winning his matchups winning, winning his yeah. you know and just holding what he got at the line just being mm -hmm. stout and not getting beat necessarily if you're going to get beat don't mm -hmm. get beat right off the ball because yeah. that's 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 a that's a recipe for trouble and that's mm -hmm. when you're going to see marcus mario take running for his life trying to make a play um, yeah. on the run when he when it's not a designated play so mm -hmm. um it, it's encouraging to see those those type of things because we've seen Jalen Mayfield get beat and yeah. even before, you know, he, he went down with the back injury. Of course, you know, some was saying that he was dealing with those injuries, but that's mm -hmm. what we saw last year when he was yeah. really healthy. So, so I think that that's, those are some of the things that I think that, you know, that really just really kind of makes you feel at, at ease and, and yeah. have one less position to worry about on the offensive line. Indeed, indeed. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the fact that, you know, we always say we want to see players with that dog in them. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore for the Hawks. We'll talk about it on the other side and for the culture. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Y'all just been doing y'all doggone thing. Y'all been checking us out. Y'all been rocking and rolling with us, leaving five-star reviews, like and subscribe to our page. We're almost up to 3,000 subscribers. We, man, it is. It's y'all have been absolutely amazing. We definitely really appreciate y'all. We de never, ever, ever, ever want to take that for granted. Um, and remember, we are available and free wherever you download your podcast. Remember, I just said free. It doesn't cost you anything but a little time. And we're gonna make sure we make it worth your while. So yeah, whenever you get there, make sure you leave us a five star review. We really appreciate that. Um, for that, but but T. This is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. And this is no different. Today is no different. DeJounte Murray, you know, <laughs> like we talked, like you mentioned before, before coming, before the break, like the Hawks have been looking for a guy that got that dog. I think that Travis Schlank has found him. Yes. And I absolutely love it because, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there was a, you know, in a, in a pro-am tournament where he was playing with John Collins and, uh -huh. and Trey Young. They were out there balling, looking balling. amazing, yeah. looking like a real big three. You know, I, know mm -hmm. I joke about that a lot when it comes to John, but they look good on the court. Sure. But yeah. 
this this was a little bit more interesting. Now, now they were out there playing in the Zeke End tournament. It's a tournament that's put on by Seattle Navy, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. We already know who that is. And um, Paolo Banchero, first overall pick in the NBA this year's NBA draft, uh, was out there playing. He's from Seattle. DeJounte Murray, he's from Seattle. They're out there balling, right? They're out there right. doing their thing. But uh, <clears throat> got a little... Got a little, little little tense out there. They started doing a little jaw jacking because you know Dejounte, you know he 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 showed up Paolo and and I think that Paolo kind of felt some type of way about it. So mm-hmm. they were you know kind of the, the video went viral of him doing the little behind the back pass and kind of went right. up through it off the glass and did the little dunk dunk thing and you know how young cats is they don't really appreciate that type of stuff. Right. So um, they took to Instagram course yes. you know that's just that's, that's, what, they do. that's, just, that's what they do and uh Dejounte was like yeah man you you know you out here on change you know because you know Paolo's a little younger obviously and so you know Dejounte you know kind of saw him come up in the game mm-hmm. and he's like man you don't change now you're trying to right. acting all a little different and funny and all that stuff and Dejounte unfollowed him on Instagram and Paolo put that on his Instagram story saying, Hey, you don't follow me out here. So yeah, it's just a lot of back and forth. So uh-huh. what is going on though? T like DeJounte Murray, Paolo Banchero, they supposed to be from Seattle. Everybody cool from Seattle. At least the people that I know. Like, right. I was going to say the one person we know. The one person that I know, he's cool. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's cool. He's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's so funny because like you said, it's the petty on top of the petty on top of the petty when it comes to, you know, the NBA, right? And right. one of the yeah. things, but one of the things that made me encouraged was the fact that DeJounte Murray basically said, but watch who you're messing with. Because you, if you if you come for me, you don't want the smoke. So you know what that means. Yes. <laughs> there you go. He was like, You you don't know me. You I don't went, know. Oh, me. Do you know what? But you right, but you know me now. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, DeJounte Murray, yeah. Yes, yes. All the attitudes you want to have. And bring all the smoke you want to bring because his game does back it up. Let, let's just be real. His game right. definitely backs yeah. it up. But he seemed like a pretty mild-mannered person when, you know, we saw him in his press conference and just little hits here and there throughout Summer League. But I love to see that there's still that edge there because you need to have that edge in order to really not just gel, but make sure, like we said, there were times last season where you felt like teams would come into State Farm and sometimes felt like they would feel like they could punk the Hawks. Yeah, and that wasn't Basically, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah. there was nobody really to say, "Oh no, not today." Except maybe Cece, but for the most part, it was like teams weren't really afraid. I think just showing us that snippet makes me encouraged. Like, okay, yeah, what you're not gonna do is come into State Farm Arena and just be tossing folks around this season and think it's okay. Not this time. Not with this one. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we know that the Hawks will be seeing the Orlando Magic this year. Um, and, and that's definitely going to be a matchup. I know I'm going to have my eyes on, but it's just really cool to see a guy like that come yeah. in, come into town. And I know that I'm going to lead the charge in embracing him because I'm starting yeah. to see the tweets already. Oh, DeJounte yes. Murray is immature. And uh, no, he <laughs> likes to play basketball a certain way. Like, and if you, and it, exactly. I know you're not used to seeing people who are competitive. You know, Trey Young is definitely one of those guys. And, you know, people even have their issues with him. But I think that with with Trey being paired with a guy that is just as competitive, I think that, yeah, this is going to be something that's going to be beautiful to watch. And I just can't wait until the Hawks get things going. Now, Uh, one thing that 
we are probably wondering why the NBA hasn't done. The mm-hmm. WNBA is doggone think forward thinking. Always. Um, T, they are changing the selection process for all league first and second teams. They're going yes. to a positionless format, which announced on Friday. Mm-hmm. And previously, like, you know, they require voters with, for to pick two guards, two forwards, mm-hmm. and one center for each right. team. But being in the game in the game today and how the game is played today, yes. they are taking the positions out and going positionless when it comes mm-hmm. to these all NBA teams or all WNBA teams, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the WNBA is on to something and I think yes. NBA needs to follow suit. Come on, catch up. They they have to. I mean, it's something that they talked about uh particularly Adam Silver during his State of the Association address during All-Star Weekend. It was both for the All-NBA teams, but also for the All-Star game itself, because there were a lot of people who were saying, like, how'd this guy get left out? How'd that guy get left out? Well, that guy got left out because, you, like you said, two guards, two forwards, and a center Center. is what you choose for the All-Star game. That's what you choose for your All-NBA teams. But when you've got guys who play between positions, when you've got guys who are stretch fours and guys who can go – you know, one, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, five. Right, yeah. (laughs) got to give that credit where credit is due because also that might mean that your stats are a little bit different. And where, you know, where the stat line is for you that's most important is the points, is it rebounds, is it assists, is it steals, or all of the above. So I really like the fact that the WNBA said, you know what, we are also a league where we're seeing players who can stretch across multiple positions and we want to honor that by not picking the, the best person or the best two people at a particular position. We want to just say, no, we're picking the best five. Best player. Yeah. Best five. Yep. Exactly. Best five. And I I hope, like you said, that the NBA follows suit in that maybe we'll see it as soon as this next season. That would be great because it sure would make Utah a little bit more interesting for all-star. Just saying. <laughs> no about, And then think about this too, T. Like think about the implications that come with the all NBA teams. I kind of brought it up a little bit earlier, but like, there's a lot of money on the line for these guys to get these super max contracts. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Cause like that was the difference between Trey. He ended up making oh, yeah. third team. Third so team thankfully versus, yeah. he was able to get that, get that. So it's a lot mm-hmm. on the line when it comes to these all, all NBA selections. So go ahead and make the move. Cause it's time. Mm-hmm. It's been time. Yeah, absolutely. You want to honor their play and you want to honor their ability to make the money that they deserve because they can now potentially get on that second team or that first team when it's just positionless and it's literally the best five, then the next best five, and then the next best five. And again, would love to see the same thing for the all-star game as well, because yeah, I mean, there are times when we're looking and we're like, clearly that guy should be the starter or that guy should be the second. And it's like, Oh, he didn't even make the squad. Oh, snap. He's not he's not even a reserve. Oh, you know. So, yeah, I think this is really good. And once again, WNBA is leading the charge. So tomorrow, of course, we're going to talk more Falcons as they get one day closer to getting the preseason underway. We're going to give you guys a little bit of a preview of Braves, Red Sox. And if anything else comes up here in the sports world in Atlanta, we'll talk about that, too. So you guys be safe out there and we will see you tomorrow. Don't forget Thank you for making us our first listen. But don't forget to make A to Z with Mark Zinner your second list of the day. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear?